0: Let's look in our Bibles to the book of Colossians to chapter four. The book of Colossians and in chapter four. Here we'll read verse one through verse eighteen. Before I read, I just want to commend and thank Brother Royce for the songs he picks out for us. Brother Royce, I appreciate it. Songs that honor our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I appreciate what you do for us in the hymns that you bring to us. The book of Colossians, and in chapter 4, I begin in verse 1. Masters, give unto your service that which is just and equal, Knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Give me just a minute. Pages don't want to do right. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. To speak the mystery of Christ. For which I am also in bond. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and can comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Aristarchus, my fellow fellow, uh, Prisoner saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom you receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision, these only, that's a, some statement there to consider, these only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that he may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hire Apollos, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas, greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphas, the church which is in his house. When this epistle is read among you, cause it to be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that likewise you read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The solution by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. The title of our message is A Servant of Christ. A Servant of Christ. I'm going to begin by asking the question, What do you expect in heaven? Or we could say, What do you expect in eternity? I want you to just consider that. What do you expect when you arrive in heaven? Our text is found in an epistle from the Apostle Paul under the saints at Colossae. And in verse twelve, Paul mentions a man by name Epaphras. We know little, very little about this man. He is mentioned here in Colossians. He's mentioned in the book of Philemon, chapter one and verse twenty-three, and he's called there my fellow prisoner. He's called in our text a servant of Christ. That's what I want us to notice. He is the servant of Christ. And we look at this and want to know just what is a servant of Christ. This man Epapyrus was a a laborer and a fellow prisoner with the Apostle Paul. And he is noted for that. He's noted for being faithful, but he's also noted for being a servant of Christ. That's a wonderful thing to be known as. A servant of Christ. You and I are not called upon to be an apostle like the Apostle Paul. We cannot be a fellow laborer or a fellow prisoner with the Apostle Paul. But all who are born of the Spirit of God are called to be servants of Christ. And that's our message today, servants of Christ. And again, two questions. What is involved or required to be a servant of Christ? What are the requirements? To be a servant of Christ. And the second question would be, Are you a servant of Christ? Can you truthfully say, I am a servant of Christ? Do people know you as a servant of Christ? Are you recognized by people that you come in contact with every day, they know that you are a servant of Christ. That's the title, really, that was given to this man in our text in verse 12, a servant of Christ. That's how he was known. That's how Paul referred to him. This man is a servant of Christ. Paul was in fact saying, I want you to know, this man is a servant of Christ. Not everyone that wears the name of Christian is a servant of Christ. But this man was referred to as a servant of Christ. I want to read in the book of John and in chapter 12, I referred to this verse of Scripture recently in John chapter 12 and in verse 26. It's a very important statement by the Lord Jesus Christ, as all of his statements are. But I want you to notice several things here about a servant of Christ. John 12 and in verse 26. Jesus said, if any man serve me, we could paraphrase, if anyone is a servant of me, if anyone serve me, let him follow me. That's a requirement. That's a requirement. If anyone has a desire, if anyone wants to be a servant of Christ, Here's what you have to do. Follow Him. Every true believer is called to be a servant of Christ. To a true believer, Jesus is more than their Savior. He is more than their Redeemer. He is their Lord and Master. And we're just servants. We are His servants. Jesus is the Lord and Master of every true Christian. Look further uh, backwards in the New Testament to the book of Luke in chapter 6. Luke and in chapter 6, and I want to read verse, verse 46. Another question by Jesus Christ. His questions, if you pay attention to them, are very searching. They'll cause you to search your heart, to examine your life, to look at who you are and what you are, or maybe what you are not. Luke chapter 12 and in verse 46, Jesus said, Why call ye me Lord, Lord? and do not the things which I say. Why? Jesus asked these people, Why? Why? Why do you do that? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? But on the other hand, you do not do what I say. Does that kind of make you think? It ought to. Why call you me Lord? The word Lord that's used here means controller. It means supreme ruler. The supreme authority. And that means in our lives. In our lives. To be a Christian, a true Christian, and not one in profession only, Jesus, I'll say again, is not only your Savior, your Redeemer, your Deliverer, and many other names. He is your Lord. Impossible for Him to be your Savior without being your Lord. But He asked these people this question. Why do you call me Lord? But yet you're disobedient. Why do you call me the the ruler and the supreme authority but you do not do what I say. Again, it is something that is is very searching. There are many people today that need to answer this question. They need to tell Jesus why they are calling Him Lord, but are not doing what He says. those who call Jesus Lord, but do not do what He says, most of the time you'll find them in a religion of hypocrisy made up of imposters calling themselves Christians. They do not do what He says. It is a vain and empty religion to profess Jesus as your Lord but not be obedient unto what he says. Again, it is nothing but hypocrisy. And those that find themselves in such a state and condition as calling him Lord, but are not obedient unto him, will never hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He'll never say that to them. They'll never hear it if they do not do what He says. Go with me to the book of Romans, if you would. Romans and in chapter 6.
1: Romans and in chapter 6.
0: And here I'm going to read verse 22. Romans 6 and in verse 22. But But now being made free from sin... And become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness. And the end everlasting life. Every individual is a servant. Either a servant of sin. Or a servant of righteousness. A servant of self and Satan. Or a servant of the Lord. Verse 22 again But being now made free from sin. No longer the servants of sin. No longer in bondage to sin. We've been made free from that. But at the same time, we have become servants to God. But don't overlook the next statement. You have your fruit unto holiness. Another question. For me and for you, do you have such fruit in your life? Do you have such fruit in your life? If you do not have such fruit in your life, how do you know you're a servant of God? What kind of fruit do we have in our lives? Those who are truly made free from sin Are made servants of God Has that ever happened to you? Has that ever happened? Are you a servant of Jesus Christ? When I look at that word servant of Jesus Christ As we read back in our text in Colossians A servant Instead of thinking of that word as a noun We ought to think of it as a verb Action Action. There's action in being a servant of Jesus Christ. Again, if you think of it only as a noun, you might think you have have nothing to do. But it does involve action. It involves service. How can you be a servant if you do no service for the Lord Jesus Christ? If you do no service, are you really a servant of Jesus Christ? Here in Romans, I want to read this further. In Romans 6, I'm going to go back to verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being, made then, be, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members to servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye, ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. Again, I'm going to go back to John chapter 12 and read this verse one more time. John chapter 12 and in verse 26. In John 12 and in verse 26, Jesus said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. I'm thankful the Lord didn't put a whole list of stringent requirements upon being one of his servants. He didn't give a whole list of things. But he does have this, obedience. Obedience. John 12 verse 26. What did he say? He just told them one thing. If you're going to serve me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. At least 18 times Jesus told people that. Follow me. All that is involved in being a servant of Christ, and I'm not discounting regeneration and conversion and all of that, but all that is involved in being a servant of Christ is obedience unto Him. Just follow Him. Don't follow a preacher. Don't follow a church. Don't follow any doctrine. Don't follow anything else. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. That's what He said here in John chapter of then in, in verse 26. Churches have people in them that they they sing the hymn, follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Do they? Or is it all hypocrisy? Do they really do what they're singing? They even know what they are are, are singing, I, I cannot help but wonder just how many who sing those words are truly servants of Christ. I wonder how everyone that sings such hymns, how would they answer Jesus when he said, Why do you call me Lord and you do not the things that I say? Why do you sit in a church and say, I will follow Jesus. You leave the church and that's the end of that. It's a false religion. And people are living in a false peace. A peace that will not endure. A peace that is really meaningless. The basic thing, again in John 12 and in verse 26, in being a servant of Christ, It's just following Him. And to do that, you have to be an obedient servant. You have to do what He says. You have to do what He says. If you're going to call Him Lord, you have to do what He says. Look back in the Old Testament, if you would, to the book of 1 Samuel. The book of 1 Samuel, and in chapter 15... I'm going to read verse 22 and verse 23, Samuel's words to Saul many years ago. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of lambs. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. What did Samuel say? To obey is better. It's better than any rite. Ceremony It's better than a church service. Just sitting in a church service. To obey. To obey. Jesus said follow me. Follow me. If you follow Jesus Christ. I'm going to mention several things you will do. I've already mentioned obedience. You will Be obedient to your master. Another thing you will do, you will follow him in his doctrine. The doctrine of Christ. You cannot be a true servant of Christ and not follow him in his word. Impossible. Impossible to do so. I won't turn there, but in in Matthew chapter 11 and in verse 29, you're familiar with his words there. He said, Learn of me. Come unto me, he said. Then he said, Learn of me. Learn of me. He didn't say learn by some writer years ago. He didn't say learn by what you hear on TV and those services there. Don't Follow what you hear in churches that are foreign to the Word of God. He said, follow me. Follow me. Learn of me. I just believe that has to do with following Him in His doctrine. There's really a sobering statement if you'll turn to the book of Second John. The book of Second John. To me, there's a... a, sobering statement here in this little book that is often overlooked. The book of 2 John. Notice verse 9. It says, Whosoever transgresses, that word there is translated transgresses simply means goes onward, goes beyond Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Just think about that. That's pretty plain. You know, sometimes preachers are are accused of being too plain and blunt. That's pretty blunt. I mean, you cannot mistake what is written there. It does not matter what effort you might put forth to say that does not mean what it says. It's still there. And it says, Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. We do either one or two things. We either abide in the doctrine of Christ or we abide in some other doctrine. If you abide in some other doctrine, how could you say you're a servant of Christ? How could anyone claim Him as their Lord? Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. There's something about a servant of Christ. I mean a true servant of Christ. They not only abide in the doctrine of Christ, follow Him in their doctrine, there's something else peculiar about them. They cannot tolerate false doctrine. A true servant of Christ will abide in the doctrine of Christ And will not tolerate any other doctrine. They just can't stand it. They can't tolerate it. Why? They're servants of Christ. They're servants of Christ. And they're going to follow Him. And if you're going to follow Him, you will follow Him in His Word. Again, his question, why would anyone call me Lord, but they don't do what I say? are true saints of God will definitely abide in the doctrine of Christ. The Bible makes it very clear. Those who do not abide in the doctrine of Christ have not God. And you and I, this very moment, can think of many that we know, maybe some of our own relations, that will not abide in the doctrine of Christ. They're satisfied in false doctrine and false churches. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, have not God. A follower of Christ. How could anyone be a true follower of Christ? and not follow Him in believer's baptism. Could you really say you're a follower of Christ, but you will not follow Him in in baptism? Before Jesus began His earthly ministry here upon this earth, what did He do? He sought out the only Baptist preacher upon this earth. And was baptized of him. I've been told he walked several days to get there where John was baptizing. He didn't ask anybody else to baptize him. He sought out the man that was sent from God. And he was called John the Baptist. And he was baptized of him. While Jesus was here. He established and founded his church. Would a true servant of Christ ever align themselves and associate themselves with a church that was started by someone else other than their master? How could they be a servant of Christ? How could they be a servant of Christ? It just is not logical. It does not make any sense to say, I'm a servant of Christ, but I refuse to be baptized in one of the Lord's churches. I'm going to be baptized or christened, sprinkled, poured, whatever, in one of these churches that some man started. Can you be a servant of Christ, following him, and do such things? Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him. Follow me. Well, let him follow me. And he also said in that same verse, And where I am, there shall my servant be also. Go back and read it. He said, Where I am, there my servant shall be also. Well, what did he tell his church? Lo, I am with you always. even to the end of the age. He said, where I am, there will my servant be. We have one member of this church that has never missed a church service. That's our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we assemble as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's here. He's here. Why wouldn't you want to be here? Why wouldn't you want to be here? Why wouldn't you want to be here for Bible study? Jesus is here. Why wouldn't you want to be here on Wednesday evening? Jesus is here. He said where my servant is, or where I am, there my servant will be. Well, self-examination. Where are you? When it's time for service in the Lord's church. Again, there's a lot in, the, in this matter of being a servant of Christ that will cause you to search your very soul. Am I a true servant of Jesus Christ? Am I a true servant? Again, in John twelve I'm going to read this, and again, we dwelt on this recently. In John 12 and in verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. But then he also said, If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. What a blessing that last statement is. But only for the true servants of the Lord. Don't think you're going to receive that blessing. If you're not a faithful servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I asked two questions at the beginning. Be turning to Revelation if you would. At the beginning of this message I asked. What do you expect in eternity? What do you expect in heaven? Well, let's read Revelation chapter 22. And I'm going to begin at verse 1. Revelation 22, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb be in it, and his servants shall serve him. I don't think anyone ought to expect to serve him here in this verse as it states there if you're not serving him now. Why should anyone expect to be his servant serving him in eternity in heaven if you don't want to serve him now? Again, there's much to consider. What do I expect in heaven? I expect to just keep serving the Lord. Whatever matter it is, it won't make any difference to me. It'll be glory. Whatever it is. But we're told there, His servants will just keep on serving.